Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? You know what was a really fun side effect of the Jeff, the talking mongoose episodes was that, that? I mean, I talked about a little bit on the show was like watching mongoose like battles. Yeah. Which is oh, really of course. Fun. Yeah. But I honk, started honk. thinking. <laughs> I'm enraged. I'm enraged. But I started thinking about, like, how much more fun tiny animal fights are than big animal fights. Sure. Like, I like seeing, like, I was watching this video of a hippo rip apart a bunch of antelopes. Yeah. Right? That was cool. Yeah. But I kind of imagine, I feel like they get tuckered out. Well, so I love. I am such a fan of the hippo because I think they only kill when they're sad. Don't they seem sad? <laughs> they you mean, like have to always Dahmer? be sad though because they kill more people in Africa than any other animal. They are very depressed. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you got to get the Depeche Mode out of the safari. That's the. They have to stop being saddened by by music. But think about how much more fun a hippo fight would be if they were the size of dogs and they could fight for hours. That's right? very because true. Normally, because them hippos, they, you know, like it's like watching Kissel like struggle with a, like if you if I got a big fucking Great Dane to fight Kissel, sure. that fight's only lasts a couple of minutes until Kissel fucking smacks its head against the ground till its brains are a bunch of just like it's like a puddle in his hands. Well, that could go either way. <laughs> it might, it might. But think about if Kissel was the size of a toddler, but still with all his attributes, versus a a chicken. That's a fun fight. <laughs> well, now that I think about it, that is a fun fight. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to Last Podcast on the Left. Relaxed fit. I am Ben with Marcus. Hi. And then we have the Ideas Man, Henry Zabrowski, <laughs> a chicken-sized Kissel versus a normal-sized chicken. Whoa! Man, what do we cool have going hell. on here? You're like Dusty Rhodes. You're booking the hell out of this match. I just feel like, you know, because they say, oh, everybody's so sad because we can't go anywhere. Sure. But do you know that your imagination can take you anywhere? <laughs> That's and that right. A book is like a magic carpet. Yeah, kind of, that you can uh, <laughs> maybe tear a page out of smoke a joint with. Uh, that would be very nice. Or if you're in solitary confinement, you can make friends out of your own poop. <laughs> I don't know the rules. Ben, I'm sure you've been catching up on your reading during this time. Oh, I love looking at the covers of all my books. I was, uh, I, no, I actually did thumb through my uh, Hunter S. Thompson book recently. Which one? 
Uh, the it's very large. Uh, Just, he you don't dies. even remember the title. He <laughs> dies at the end. He That's does. His, oh, is it a book of his letters? His books of letters are really, really interesting. I love hearing his inner workings as a Who writer. Would, him and PKD have a very good like collection of their correspondence. Have you ever heard an interview with Hunter S. Thompson's now widowed yeah. with his with his ex? I guess ex wife, widowed wife. It sounded like he got real boring yeah. <laughs> because all he did was take acid, but he did it alone. And then he constantly was like, I'm working on my memoirs. I'm working on my next big book. And then it was worse than The Shining because he didn't even write a sentence. He just <laughs> stared the- out the window and licked his own guns. He was felled by constant pain. He was in yeah. constant pain and he could not like get his shit together towards the end. And he did self-medicate quite a bit. That's one way of saying it. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, but. he self-medicated. He went in there. And yeah, he did. It shows that, um, unfortunately, I knew a lot of kids like that in high school. Yeah. And when they started really getting into acid and, and mushrooms, and then they just did a life's worth in a semester. Right. And at first, they're super interesting. Right. At first, yeah. they sound like they really got shit together and stuff. Now one of them works at a gas station. And he can't, and I'm fine with the gas station worker if he was a philosophical gas station worker. Sure. But he is essentially a pump. I actually, if you're a gas station worker, I think you're the front lines of your town. You're the hello guy. Yeah. You're the, uh, you're, you are technically like the, the town, not crier. Ambassador. You're the the ambassador. You're You're the the ambassador. ambassador. The The gas you look out for people. You're like a you're like the front the area where you can go and see people. Cause a lot of times, especially when you do a lot of highway driving, there's yep. that first gas station before you get into a town. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who's seeing who's the new strangers coming to town, and then he can ring the troubadour bell, <laughs> and the guy comes and writes a quick song about the fuck. I know how little towns work. I he comes it. and he writes his little song about the new guy that's in town. Then he goes and he tells the police, and they go and they fucking kill that guy. God. Well, it depends on the person. It'd be fantastic if every small town had its own Marty Robbins. Oh. Come in and sing its own Big Iron. Everyone's got a Big Iron. Yeah, unfortunately, he got me too. so... <laughs> Uh, that'll happen. I, uh, Henry, you say that people get more creative in this quarantine, but I had a dream last night where we just all hung out at a bar. It was the most <laughs> mundane evening that I could ever imagine. And I woke up and I was like, that was so freaking exciting. I ordered a draft beer mm-hmm. and then we were just, we were all together. But it was like any other random Tuesday 2019. Hmm. That's where my brain is now. I feel like I'm getting less creative. I had a dream that I was in the Doom Patrol. It was fucking great. Doom I woke up, Patrol? Yeah, I woke up in a fantastic mood. Marcus has good, interesting dreams. Yeah. He was telling me last night about how, because we were, we did a little, like, we we played games next to each other on the couch, mm-hmm. but almost silently. It's kind of nice yeah. via Zoom. And uh, Marcus was telling me, but he talks about, like, the gray cities and the red cities of his mind that he travels to all the time deep within his dreamscapes. Yeah. See, this is why I think all three of us, well, maybe not you, Henry, but I think Marcus, you would do the best in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> because you got to go. You gotta just go places in your head. I am uh-huh. trying to learn because you never know when it's gonna happen. <laughs> you can get comatose. You can get shy vote. She just fell in the shower. It but can again, happen anytime, and you have to be able to make the world in your own mind. Uh-huh. Well, we need to, I feel like Terry Shivo, if she just had like what a little megaphone put up near her lips, you might have heard a like. Don't fall to fall. But the fact, the fact is, she, we don't know. We don't yeah. have the technology yet. 
Yeah, we yeah. didn't then. It, it was early two thousands. We don't. Yeah. So, but now we could do. Now we hear corpses screaming all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> Which I really want to say thank you to our scientists, our first responder scientists, to make sure we can hear the cries of the dead as much as possible. Thank you so much for your service. I just read an article, as a matter of fact, in uh, what was it, American Scientific, and they were saying that they could <laughs> almost tell the emotion of the person in a coma just by their brain waves sometimes they're happy sometimes they're sad mm. they never like to have their feet tickled though <laughs> so they're supposed to wake up that makes me want to scream I know. <laughs> the idea of being trapped inside my own body i was joking about this with honestly yep. with natalie last night i was doing because you ever do the thing with your loved one i think we've talked about this before where you like pretend to be dead yeah or no, something you just have to get talked a rise about out this of before because you we'll have some bizarre sexual fetish that you have you guys do corpse play there's but a I, whole weird thing going it's on. It's called drills. That's what we <laughs> run is drills. But last night I was lying in bed. I was doing the Stephen Hawking where it was like my eyes were open. Just like, and she was like, Henry, Henry, stop it. Stop it. But then I was trying to blink and I was trying to say, this is a dry run for if I'm in a coma, it's fucking one blink for yes, two blinks for no. Three blinks, show me your breasts. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're ever going to get to three blinks when she tapes your eyeballs open. <laughs> Why would she ever want to know what you're thinking? Well, I, there's always just, you know, who knows what kind of thoughts in there. I wish I could dream. I wonder if it's my uh, weed what? ingestation. You that can't kills my dream. Dreams. Yeah, it's definitely your weed ingestation. The more weed you smoke, the less dreams you have. I know that was always, when I was smoking a lot of weed, I never dreamed. But, you know, really? now that I don't smoke weed anymore, like, I uh, fucking, man. Man, I got some fucking dreams. I could go Ugh. into the fucking gray town and the red city and the tunnel Ugh. of briars and all the places that I visit in my dreams. I have some blood on my hands. If you're just judging me by my dreams. Holy <laughs> no, I know you have said ho- you've dreamed horrible things. Yeah. The closest I've ever had. I had a dream recently that I was with a panel of scientists and a panel of scientists were doing like a kiss study where they're making people that don't want to kiss kiss oh. and see what it does to their brain waves. Was it just the the dude who works at MSG Madison Square Garden who runs the kiss cam and he gets off on watching <laughs> what obvious friends kiss on camera. I mean, you know, who knows what it takes to spark that little bit. Of you tinder? never know. Sometimes you never know. you never know how much you're going to love your best friend to your kiss, which is why I'm glad we've never kissed. Not because yet. I don't want I don't. Ugh. I just don't want it to ever just find out that it just makes us hard as fuck. You know what I just found out? If I was an undercover detective, Mm -hmm. I'm sent to bust the biggest pedophile ring in the history of pedophile rings. Gotcha. I'm doing kiss camps. Uh Nothing but dudes and children. (laughs) They kiss. If he goes full Joe Biden, he's guilty. As charged in the game. The reaction of a stadium, right? Kiss cam, you know, like, you know, you got like, you know, normal couples, normal hey, couples, cuts oh, to romance. old man, little boy, and he sees it, he points up, he's like, oh, look, Reach leans over, fucking French kisses this little boy. Just the silence, the stadium just going dead, right? <laughs> the one FBI would... dude up in the fucking telecom office going like, yes. Yes, yes, got one, yes. got one, yes, I knew they were going to kiss. <laughs> um, that is a hell of a way to bust these pedophiles. Also, a small documentary recommendation, After Truth, very good, speaking of pedophiles, mm-hmm. they talk about the dude who broke into Comet Pizza, and that story is very sad, because he really thought there was going to be a pedophile ring, he found nothing um, whatsoever, obviously, and he was a bit disillusioned, so be careful what you fall into out there, folks, don't yeah, get into YouTube holes. Yeah. Remember... The YouTube algorithm is being given to you. 
Yeah. All right. Every single time you watch a video and you see all these requested videos, you're not researching. No. No. That is YouTube's decades of research into figuring out how to manipulate your brain. It is right. And trying to give you technically what you want, which is they're just going to keep leading you down the hole. I watched a chunk of Plandemic. Plandemic is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It is entirely wrong. It has been thoroughly debunked. (laughs) But I could see if you've been watching for several hours and you've been up all night, you're like... This random woman has finally cracked the fucking case here. I, I've hey. been, I've been with you. Yeah, you, you I mean, never it, know. It's like we talked about on the uh, the flat Earth series. You know, the guy that had the guy that was, of course, you know, he was a an Iraq War veteran. You know, mm-hmm. he'd seen the lies behind that whole war. He'd gotten into YouTube one day and just start watching fl- one flat Earth video and then another and then another and then another. And since he'd been lied to by his government so many times, he thought, "What the fuck else are they lying to me about?" Sure, and he fell fully into the flat Earth conspiracy, and he is now a full on flat Earther. Well, you tell me why isn't Puffin rolling right now. It doesn't seem that round to me. Do I trust the well, books talk- or do I trust my eyes? <laughs> the eyes. Sometimes the eyes the lie too, fl- man. The only flat earther that I will ever have respect for is the dude who made the rocket. Yes, he died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I understand no. he died. But <laughs> he unrelated incident, though. Unrelated. <laughs> and it was, he did it. He made the rocket. I'm like, all right, bro, you go. You do you. He he put his money where his mouth is. Yes, he, he did. He kept saying, I don't believe in the curve. I want to see it for myself. He saw it once. Okay. He refused to believe that he did see it once. <laughs> and he said, though, that he wants to go back up there again, that he has to double check. I mean, I get it. I've been there. How many times? Now that I've lost my belt from fucking gremlins, uh-huh. I fucking check for my belt three or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Waste of time. Well, <laughs> that is a perfect uh, perfect segue here. Speaking of myths, misconceptions, perhaps lies, Marcus has put together a hell of a story here. Now, we're talking more giants. Is that right? We are. This is a continuation of our giant humanoid series, but this is the tale of one of those giant humanoids that ended up being a full-on hoax. Uh, I refuse to believe it's a hoax. I've seen <laughs> See? the pictures. I've seen the documents. <laughs> That's all you got to do now it's not a hoax anymore see that's what's called that's called the, the beginning of pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well throughout the decades and centuries entertainment mediums have gone through many different bizarre iterations and back in the 1800s one of the most popular forms of entertainment was the circus sideshow yeah why isn't it still they have all these workers' rights. <laughs> no, they, it, uh, it really was television and movies. That Once, was it? That was it, It yeah. wasn't the concern for the fat man or the little person or the woman no. with the beard? Absolutely no. not. It was actually mostly movies. Most uh, Movies oh. mostly killed like the sideshows and the circus and all that type of shit. There was just more money in the entertainment of movies. Thanks, yeah, Charlie now, Chaplin. <laughs> now all of that shit moved to friggin' TLC. TLC is now a circus sideshow where they yeah. just do the the, the the drama of the ever of the unfortunate. Everybody on that channel needs a reach out. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I, I love I love looking at my six hundred pound life. It is a beautiful, beautiful show in its own way. Mm-hmm. It's really just the story of a bunch of feeder gainers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's it kind of gives me hives when I watch it because I have dreams. I have one reoccurring nightmare I have had. So I wake up with a big orangutan face. <laughs> like don't Martin you fucking Short joke. Your luck. I love. God it. Damn it. I love it. Is my face falling? 
Well, just like cop dramas, superheroes, and fantasy stories go in and out of vogue in the TV and movie realm, the different acts in the sideshows of yore were also subject to the ebb and flow of popularity. Hmm. Back then, singing conjoined twins might have top billing one year, while the biggest acts the next season would be people with no arms playing musical instruments with their feet. And then those acts would lose the top spot to the sideshow geek. See, sideshow geeks are, are a lot of fun. But honestly, why can't they all just be together in one big old band? I'd love to see a geek being backed up by, by a guy playing fucking drums to his feet. That's a great afternoon. That's a wonderful Friday night. All right, well, what's a sideshow geek? It's not just Screech from Saved by the Bell. It's not just someone who likes to read all the square all the square movies that are words, a.k.a. books. Well, geeks were among the most bizarre of sideshow acts and usually involved either a vagrant man or woman wandering a dark pit dressed in rags waiting for the barker to throw down live chickens or snakes, which the geek would hungrily devour raw and alive in the most vicious and cruel ways possible. And if you want to read about the spiritual evolution of a geek, read the book Nightmare Alley, which is the book that Anton LaVey essentially stole his entire life story from. And it's also going to be a new Guillermo del Toro movie, which I would say I I want to see. It's going to be very very intelligent. But Nightmare Alley is a very, very important book to Esoteria. Well, interesting. Well, usually the the circus sideshows would just kind of sweep the back alleys of major cities looking for vagrants, mostly drunks, dudes who would uh, essentially debase themselves in exchange for a quart of booze. All right, much like the uh, like the great docu series bum fights. Yeah, yeah, it's yes, actually a the lot of bum fights, except it, this was just a guy in a pit uh, biting the heads off of chickens. See, now I miss Coney Island. I like to play that game, shoot the freak. Although I found that. That the gun it it, it it ain't aimed right. The gun ain't <laughs> but, aimed right, so you can't not. ever shoot the damn guy. Are those poor seventeen-year-olds who were made to be the freaks and shoot the freak? I mean, how many times you'd go and they're like, they'd have like a cup on, yeah, because you know naturally we're all shooting for the dick. Of course, Just so you don't know. Shoot the freak used to be an old sideshow thing that used to be on Coney Island. If you don't know, where a sixteen or seventeen-year-old in body armor used to run with a shield. From like coverage point to coverage point, well, you got a paintball gun and you could just shoot at him. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was 2015. I played it. Yeah, and he'd They're yell shit balls. at you. He'd yeah, get, he like mean. yell insults. The technical name for that sideshow act is the bozo. Oh yeah, yeah. The hmm. guy that would because that is kind of a uh, continuation of like the dunking booth type thing where you'd oh. have you'd have the uh, clown sitting on the dunking booth and he'd roast whoever came by and then you'd try to dunk him into the booth. It's known as a bozo. Bozo the clown. Not but if you a noticed, pedophile. <laughs> not a pedophile. Very but good. if you noticed, um, that that fucking crotch armor was just plastered. <laughs> paintball guns. But for a brief period in the late 1800s, the hottest commodity in the sideshow game wasn't a human act at all. Rather, the public's attention was drawn towards the cold stillness of the giant petrified man. And no petrified man drew bigger crowds than the Cardiff Giant. Cool. Building off our giant humanoids episode, the Cardiff Giant was an admitted hoax from the late 19th century involving a 10-foot-tall man made out of stone that was billed as the ancient petrified remains of an antediluvian giant. 
I tell you what, they didn't skimp on the dick on that thing. Definitely I actually not. was really, I wonder if the guy who put it all together was like, and it's modeled after me. And you're Indeed. like, I don't know. I don't know. Just wondering why his wife keeps on slowly backing up into it over and over and over again as she screams in orgasm. Well, hailing from Cardiff, New York, the eponymous giant was the creation of a tobacconist and militant atheist named George Hull. And Hull initially cooked up this entire scheme with no other motivation than pure spite. It's so powerful. The power of spite in the world of hoaxes is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I did a little bit of research that I'm going to save for an episode about the what so-called surgeon's photograph from the Loch Ness Monster, the famous photo of the Loch Ness Monster popping its head out of the lake, <laughs> right, that was created by a man named Marmaduke Weatherell. So we're going to get into this whole name. story. Best name in the world. Yes. Best name in, I've ever heard. But you'll, there's a whole story about how he did that shirt just specifically to get Give the Daily Mail a fucking finger. Yeah. And of course, if you're watching the docuseries The Last Dance on the Chicago Bulls, yes, they still beat the New York Knicks, and I'm still very upset about it. But yeah. spite is a great motivator. Spite is the whole reason why I'm sitting in this seat right now. Spite yep. is my biggest motivator. Always has been. You always very need powerful. a Jerry Krause to hate. You always need one. And if it's not, if you don't have a Jerry Krause, make one up. You can just do that and get angry, and then you can win. Well, here's this story of spite. Okay. George Hull had been visiting his brother in Iowa and had found himself in an argument with a Methodist revivalist who had been quoting the verse from the book of Genesis that claimed that giants once roamed the earth. You got to put butts in seats. Yeah. That's how you do it. You got to give them a hook. Absolutely. Well, Hull naturally thought this claim was ridiculous. So ridiculous, in fact, that he stewed on his argument with the Methodist reverend for days, finding himself entirely unable to let it go. You think there's somebody bigger than me? No. You tell me there's somebody bigger than me? There's nothing bigger than tobacco. <laughs> Chewing on his own hat. <laughs> oh, I got this hat made out of tobacco leaves. Oh. I honestly find that it's very interesting that he, he learned early on in developing the cigarette industry that that there is no god (laughs) absolutely not eventually hall decided that the only way out of his frustrating predicament was to publicly was to publicly humiliate all those who believed in literal interpretations of the bible so he vowed to create his own human giant and pass it off as a genuine fossil dug out of the earth (laughs) i love it so, but then what began was an inc- what began was an incredible art project. Yeah, yeah, of course. In order to achieve this goal, Hall devoted an unreasonable amount of time, energy, and patience to building this man-made monument to spite. Overall, oh, yeah. Hull would spend three years of his life just preparing the hoax. Everyone always okay. wonders, like, what's in the mind of an artist? And it is just this sentence. Yeah, this will show him. This will show him. Yeah, this will show him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you tell her oh, fucking giants. I give him fucking giants. I'll give him a fucking giant. Look how nice this fucking giant's legs are. Look how detailed this giant's fucking hands are. That's just fucking. This is beautiful. Gorgeous. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. 
Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. Now I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply.
See, Hall needed the giant to be, quote-unquote, discovered in New York State, where he lived. But he knew that using local craftsmen to construct the giant would most likely result in the secret disseminating itself before Hull even got the hoax in the ground. Mm. Yeah, man. Fucking H.H. Holmes it. Yep. Also, fucking Wallfacers it. You can't let anybody know. You have to be the only person to hold the entire plan in your mind, which is what I'm preparing for. Absolutely. What what I call my... End plans. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the what's the number three step in your end plan? Get people to trust mailboxes again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hull went back to Iowa where the initial argument had taken place because he has, he went from Iowa back to New York State. This is like 1868. Oh my like, god! So he's taking a train all the way back to uh, to New York State, thinking about this shit, stewing on this shit, and then finally, I can't decides, make a fucking giant. I, think, I can't fucking make a fucking giant. I'll make a giant with a shirt on. I'll make a giant with a fucking hat on. <laughs> and so he traveled all the way back to Iowa, where the initial argument had taken place. We're talking days of travel here. Oh my god! And hired a team of men to quarry out an eleven foot long block of gypsum telling the workers that the stone was for a new Abraham Lincoln monument going up in New York State. Oh. Yeah, I need enough fucking room for a stupid fucking pipe hat. <laughs> Big old stove pipe hat, all right? Yes, yeah, so quit asking questions or I'm going to smack your neck, all right? Give me that gypsum! <laughs> I was just looking at his death mask recently, Abraham Lincoln's. It's cool, right? Very thin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you preparing for yours? <laughs> no, they don't do death, ma- death masks anymore, I don't think. Oh, come on, go on Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Hall then had the stone shipped by train to Chicago, where a German stonecutter, sworn to secrecy, was commissioned to sculpt Hall's giant. Cool. After carving it, the craftsman then artificially aged it with acid and even used a special tool to give the giant the appearance of having pores. That's so fucking... Just look how fucking detailed it is. Yeah, look at the little fucking sleepy smile on his face. I love this fucking giant. I love his attitude. I love what he's doing. Cool-ass giant. After it was done, Hall then shipped the finished project by rail to Binghamton. Binghamton? (laughs) Upstate New York. So think of... To track it again, he went from New York to Iowa. Back to New York. He went to Chicago. Chicago now to Binghamton. So he has crisscrossed the country three times. <laughs> it's all because of, uh, of a revivalist preacher. And yeah, an argument that probably lasted 30 minutes. Wow. He then lugged the 3,000-pound statue upstate to Cardiff and buried it on a farm owned by his cousin, Stubb Newell, who was in on the whole scheme. Oh, Stubb, he always is in on the scheme, but he (laughs) never has any idea what's happening. And I tell you what, I'm so glad to bury another tall man. They wouldn't let me on the first ever basketball team. And I said, yeah, yeah, you might all be some tall whites, but how about me? I'm shaped like a ball. Oh, Stubb, (laughs) you're doing good, bud. Hall then waited an entire year to let the statue settle into the ground because it had to look real. So this is what now? We're at five years in this master plan? We're at about, uh, it took him about two years to get the whole thing made and get the gypsum out, get the fucking thing sculpted, get it shipped back to Binghamton, and then he buried it and waited another year. I love this guy. 
it's the power of patience. I yeah. think that we don't have it as much. I think that people, when they talk about the their amazement, about the giant ancient like sculptures and structures that we find, like a Black Atepi, like I was listening to a Coast to Coast on architectural hoaxes, <clears throat> stuff about like the lost tribes of Israel, about how somebody had just buried a fucking tablet with Hebrew on it in New Mexico and say like, this shows that New Mexico actually belongs to the Jews. I mean, like, I mean, they could have it if they want it, but they got to show up because it turns out that's a hoax. I I don't know. I'm I'm not quite certain, but you have to have patience. I don't think we have the patience anymore to do architectural hoaxes anymore or even giant architectural things. It takes thousands of years an artist to build something like the pyramids. Well, when the giant was deemed ripe for discovery, Hull's cousin Stubb instructed two unwitting workers to dig a well right on the spot where the giant was buried. Sure enough, three feet down, the men discovered something in the shape of a foot. <gasps> cool. And once a little more dirt was cleared away, one of the workers exclaimed, Not a clap! Some old Indian has been buried here! Whoa! Upon further inspection, these men uncovered the 10-foot-tall statue, and of course, Stubb Newell made sure to nudge the men in the direction that this was not a statue at all, but could, quite possibly, be the remains of an ancient lost race. Yeah, take a look at the fucking pores. Take a look at the fucking arms, right? See how detailed this shit is, right? Look at this fucking, (laughs) look at this fucking giant, huh? This is wild, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I got one, huh? Yeah, right, there's the proof right there. Stubb is also doing a great job being the narrator for Ancient Aliens. <laughs> or could it be? Very fun. If you are these guys, yes, you're sent out to dig a well. What's more boring than that? Oh. I mean, other than you love to dig your holes. It'd be fun to kind look of at the, the architecture of digging it and how to keep it from collapsing and all that. See, but look those at this. Guys, that's a gift for those guys. How excited would we all be, even if it's fake? Yeah. You get to believe that it's real for a little while. Mm-hmm. They think that they just found the biggest archaeological thing since the Ark. Yeah. No, I always feel bad for those. I always feel bad for the recently fooled because I get it. I yeah. want it all to be real too. I want the giants to be real. We got you just like a little toddler compared to the real fucking giants, Kissel. So I want I a know. real one. I want one protecting my home. I want one going to the grocery store for me, and I want one destroying my enemies for me. And it makes me mad that I can't get one. So I understand what these where these people are coming from, that kind of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. See, if you would have just said that in your audition for Dr. Robotnik, you would have beat out Jim Carrey. <laughs> Who was too thin to play the role. Way too thin. Well, considering how giant bones were being discovered all over the country during this time, remember we talked all about it in our Giant Humanoids episode, Mm -hmm. and since the general public didn't really understand science all that well, it wasn't much of a stretch to think that a giant could have quite possibly found itself petrified whole. You know, I mean, if they're already, if giants are already real, then what's the extra step of believing and they also turn into perfectly stone replicas of their own bodies when they die? Yeah. Sure. Well, you had petrified wood. Everyone knew that petrified wood existed by this time. So it's like it's one of those things where you can make the logical sense like, well, if an organic material such as wood can be turned to stone, then possibly organic material such as flesh could possibly also be turned into stone. Sounds reasonable to me, and I'm just a and guy I in a random ass bar. <laughs> I absolutely love this discussion, and Brenda, will you bend over forth to show us your nethers once more? Ah, what a wonderful day. <laughs> yeah, you want to see my petrified bottle? Brenda, you have changed since the war. <laughs> yeah, I uh, lost my butthole in the war. Got shot off by a sniper about 400 miles away, about 400 yards away. Now, by the time the workers suitably spread the word amongst the locals, Stub Newell had already set up a tent 
and was soon charging 50 cents per person to view the so-called ancient humanoid. Damn, pricey ticket. 1869, that's a pretty pricey ticket. Well, he started off charging 25 cents, but so many people came on the first two days that he doubled the price. Damn. The scientific community immediately recognized it as a statue, and not a very good one at that. Oh, who's (laughs) listening to these so-called scientists? (laughs) But George Hall didn't care about fooling the scientific community. He could give less of a fuck. His only goal was fooling the clergy. And in this goal, George Hall was absolutely successful. The pastor of the largest church in Syracuse visited the Cardiff giant and fell for the scam completely and wondered aloud if perhaps this was one of the giants mentioned in Scripture. Hmm. And you could see that moment, right? Where he's sitting there and he's just like, this is one of the giants. Yes, finally proof. And there's Hall like, yeah, is it? Is it? Like so ready. He's like, what is he going to finally be in like? Food you <laughs> like from Spaceballs. So it's just a long, ver- it's just a long episode of Punked <laughs> with Ashton Kutcher. What a fucking gotcha, you fucking bitch! <laughs> but by this point, Hull's spite had been overtaken by the vast amount of coin earned <laughs> from the attraction. Hmm. Hey, all right. So instead of revealing it all as a hoax, he just sort of let it ride for as long as he could. It's not up to him to make people... He can't decide what people are going to think. Yeah. He just buried a statue called it a giant. (laughs) But it also shows how, like, something just because... Just out of spite, his side hustle, a whole other side of thing, it turned into his main gig. Yeah. Yeah. Just by fucking, you know, he built the special... He didn't understand at the time, I just joined the tourism industry he did up until then he was trying to do some big art thing but that's what happens sometimes you just make money on accident you put it right by the world's largest ball of yarn you put it right by the huge cheese wheel yep. i mean you people love big things <laughs> there's that big needle and, and and thread over there in in downtown manhattan that yeah. people like to take pictures by or in the fashion district sure but this is also one of those precarious things where, like, well, is George Hull a sellout? Is he a shell for Big Giant? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, that it, you know, there will be some people who think that. That sure. because George Hull strayed from his original path of poning the clergy, <laughs> because he decided to make money instead, yes, there will be some in the atheist community that will call him a sellout. Let's say fucking go for it, George. Yeah. This is like fucking Green Day made that musical. Oh, <laughs> It's not about selling out. It's about buying in, okay? Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Come Shark Tank. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's... A daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. 
I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it, and she loved it, and she wore it when we went on vacation, and my own, did everybody come around being like, where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for, you can see it with the Blue Nile bling she's got on her. Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, Stub Newell was not as good at keeping a secret as George Hall was. Yeah, that'll happen. Yep. And it wasn't long before Stubb started letting the story slip to friends and neighbors. He just, it was just Stubb. too good of a secret. But the Fucking thing is, the Stubb. joy the joy is in the secret. Yeah. This is what he... Stubb didn't realize how much how much leverage he just gave away with that I mean, information. That's, that's why sometimes, as a business owner, like... And nowadays, we have fucking NDAs, but at the time, they used to fucking get the grease shoots going. Remember H.H. <laughs> Holmes? Sometimes yep. you got to X out some of these loose ends if you want to have a good old-fashioned petrified giant fucking industry cornered. If you want that shit, you got to lock up. So you're, you're saying he should have shot Stubb the way that uh, <laughs> the, 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 the cousin of, uh, what was the tall guy from Of Mice and Men? Lenny. Lenny was shot. <laughs> 
Those bastards. He deserved it. He did he not deserve it. it. No, he, he was giving free woman. massages. He did not kill that woman. He, he killed, killed that, that poor girl. He did not <laughs> kill that woman. The massage killed that woman. It happened to be attached to his hands. Interesting. You're you could have been a defense attorney if you could learn. You would be an incredible defense attorney. I took. But, I know. I took law classes in college. I, not guilty. Also, I would say. I'm not saying he should have killed stuff, but he definitely could have killed Push stuff. him over. He can't get up. <laughs> oh, my belly's bigger oh, than my, no. my feet. Oh, man, I'm going to starve oh, here. Man, oh, man, oh, no. Uh, before the cat was completely out of the bag, Hull cashed out and yes. sold the giant to a syndicate of businessmen. Woo. <laughs> this was back when like buying a sideshow attraction was a legitimate investment. Cool. I honestly I wish it I if it was if you got an act send it to side stories lpotl at gmail.com we'll try to figure out like how do we bring it on the road with us. The closest thing that we had in our lifetime because of star we will never see Charles Manson <sighs> stuffed and paraded oh. around the streets oh. as he should have Ben, ah, she broke his huh. heart. She broke How? his heart for the last time. And all she had to do was touch it once. Yeah. Whatever. If she just reach under the table and give a little touch to the end of the tip. And Charles Manson would be like, all right, just take my body. Like, he could have just. <laughs> that would have been incredible. It would have been great. And if you had any doubt that sideshows were legitimate sources of revenue back in the late 19th century, Hall was able to negotiate 23000 thousand dollars from the business syndicate which in today's money it's half a million dollars dude this guy faked it till he made it made it big damn is there any saying how much he invested i don't know how much he invested but i would imagine i maybe two or three thousand it would have to be some it must be a a pricey ticket at that point but i mean he he had to buy the big block of gypsum he had travel yeah yeah and the and the man hours Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, he definitely he definitely sunk a lot of money into this, into a thing that was not going to make a profit at all. I mean, he had to hire the guys who dr- who had to dig the well, but they were just paid in soup, because <laughs> yeah. that was also yes. how you would pay people in the 1800s. <laughs> well, the syndicate brought the Cardiff giant up out of its hole and started touring it around towns, big and small, around upstate New York. Cool. But as the Cardiff Giant started making waves closer to New York City, the greatest American flim-flam man until L. Ron Hubbard caught wind of this new type of attraction. And before the syndicate knew it, P.T. Barnum was getting into the petrified giant game. Whoa. Got to. Got to, man. You can't be the only ones out of the fucking game. Gotta get your fucking get your skin in there, bro. Mm-hmm. So P.T. Barnum is the Amazon in this situation? Is he going to be crushing this small guy? P.T. Barnum, well, yeah, P.T. Barnum, when it comes to sideshow attractions and just when it comes to entertainment in general, like P.T. Barnum was the top guy in New York City and mm-hmm. pretty much the top guy in the East Coast. Like P.T. Barnum had the fucking market cornered. He knew exactly what the fuck he was doing at all times when it came to sideshow attractions. He was the man that was such a visionary that he took a monkey and a fish. Whoa. He cut the top off of the fish, the bottom off of the monkey, sewed the monkey onto the fish, and displayed it as Fiji the mermaid. Take my money, because I (laughs) am seeing that right now. Do you remember we saw one? We saw one of the faked mermaids. I believe that was in the British Museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went, that was cool as hell. But they 
They look fun. I would pay money to go see them. Even now, I would pay money to go see them. I went we to did. the one. I went to the one in Coney Island. It the, the smell. I love it. I love the smell. Mm-hmm. I love the. It's just disgusting. Now, at first, Barnum just tried buying the giant outright, offering the syndicate the modern equivalent of one million dollars for the right to exclusively exhibit the attraction in his so-called American Museum, located in what is now the Financial District of Manhattan. Okay. It's like, uh, you know that park where City Hall is? Yes, sir. Right at the bottom of that park. That's where uh, Barnum's American Museum was. Wasn't that Battery Park? Uh, no, it's not. It's a little bit west of Battery, oh, okay. or it's a little bit east of Battery Park. Let's get into more locations of Manhattan, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> I miss it. I miss going to Manhattan. I do. Too. I yeah, do you too. get down there on the R train, right? You could take the L over to Union Square. You take the R down, right? You could do yep. one of those. You could take a Q down. I no, guess. No, you're going to want to do the four five. That's your express. The- Don't get stuck on the six. That's your local. <laughs> but no, best way to do it: take the L to Fourteenth Street. Take the five down to Brooklyn Bridge, and you get a nice walk. Right past City Hall, it's a nice real view. So you think she's gonna come back to me, or do you think like I don't know? Anyway, no, dude, she's dead, dude. Oh, all right. Well, the American Museum was a fucking wonderful place. It's if you, it's one of those places where if I could time travel and go to like one location, the American Museum would be on the list. It was like just a complex of entertainment for the time. Awesome. But when the syndicate declined the offer from Barnum, the $1 million offer, that meant that they thought we're going to be able to tour this fucking thing across the country and make, make well over a million dollars. Like, I mean, it would be like, I think it was the equivalent of $50,000. But like, yeah, we're going to make $50,000 50 cents at a time. I just sell the damn thing. But when they That's didn't sell it, Barnum out flammed the flim flammers by sending an undercover agent to the Cardiff Giant exhibition to model the giant's exact shape and appearance using a lump of wax. Oh, my God. Barnum. We'll make it. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that was, I was, uh, was going to send you all this. Uh, we're going to send you a bunch of money. We're going to throw this in a fun way. Um, name's Pete Bottom. Uh, we're going to do all this. But uh, I think instead we're going to uh, just gonna make one. <laughs> Tell you, go fuck yourself. He outflanked the flim flam men. <laughs> Barnum then copied the exact measurements of the giant, which were clearly stated in the attraction's newspaper ads. They said exactly how wide it was, exactly how tall it was. Oh, my God. It's like putting the fucking KFC secret ingredient in the fucking newspaper. (laughs) Turns out it's chicken. (laughs) And Barnum made an exact replica out of plaster, which was much cheaper and more quickly made than stone. Uh. But he was able to make it look exactly the same. And even though it was not as quite as impressive as the original, before the syndicate knew it, Barnum had put his version on display at the American Museum and billed it as the real Cardiff giant, drawing even bigger crowds than the genuine article. Man, that fast, dude. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They should have just taken the offer. And of course, the syndicate sued, but once the whole kerfuffle made its way to the court, the Cardiff giant's originator, George Hull, was brought to the stand to testify on the giant's provenance. If you're a flim oh, flam shit. man, <laughs> if you are a flim flam man, the last thing you want to do is be under oath. That <laughs> yeah. is like not oh. going to be good for you ever. Because, but I almost want to say a flim flam man is never under oath. It's like they are kind of like submerged in oath, and they will just sort of rise to the surface above oath as much right. as they can. They they're looking for air. <laughs> yeah, and I can every see second. that. Sure. But can you imagine George Hall, right? The ultimate stick up his ass fucking nerd. He spent three years building this giant just to tell a priest to go fuck himself. <laughs> so now he gets to go into a court like 
big fucking feather in his hat. You know what I mean? Being like, <laughs> like <laughs> friends upon friends upon friends. It's time to really get into the story of the God of Giants. He's so excited, right? Yeah. It's his time to shine. Yeah. yeah. He's the star. And he'd already gotten paid. You know, he'd got his $23,000 for the fucking card of giant. He'd gotten paid. He didn't give a fuck. Nope. So he laid out the entire thing in court. And eventually they ruled for Barnum. You know, like, well, oh. it's a fucking, it's a hoax. If it's a hoax, if it's just an invention and you didn't trademark it, you didn't copyright it or anything like that, then yeah, he can do it. Ah, oh, PT. But that's a bastard move by Mr. Barnum. <laughs> Well, it's sort of like, you know, what will eventually happen when, like, Kristen Bell makes a true crime podcast and says, like, the only true crime podcast, the oldest and longest running true crime podcast. And they're like, oh, man, Kristen Bell, leave our industry alone. Wow, I didn't know Kristen Bell had a podcast. I definitely listened to that. She's very pretty. No, don't. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, guys. I got to. No. What's that? Oh, she needs no. a co-host. Isn't that exciting? I'm going to audition. No, Kristen, stop. No. <laughs> But George Hall had learned an important lesson in flimflammery. <laughs> Instead of returning to the tobacco business, Hall traveled out west to find a whole new group of rubes who hadn't heard about the whole Cardiff giant hoax. This is when you could just move and you could <laughs> you leave move. all your problems. You could actually do that at some point in this, in this world. I mean, we could do it now, but where are the only places we can go to? I mean, Jakarta. The Jakarta, Haiti, you know? <laughs> Maybe Haiti. We could go down, we could go to Madagascar. You could go to like, I mean, there's not a lot of people asking a heck of a lot of questions in Iran right now if you can get over there. <laughs> like, you can just kind of get over there and be like, hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Name's true. Ronald McDonald. Wow. <laughs> Out in Colorado. Hull worked with a former employee of P.T. Barnum to create another giant that he called the Solid Muldoon. Do not like ever s- go to the doctor and say that you have that. <laughs> they, will, well, I just, you, they will make you take a dump in front of them. I'm always looking for a solid Muldoon, but I was just stuck with a real runny Muldoon yeah, this morning that, that I was is. pretty upset about. <laughs> named after a famous strongman named Bill Muldoon, The solid Muldoon was made of rock dust, clay, plaster, ground bones, blood, and meat that had all been mixed together, sculpted, and fired in a kiln. By horror movie logic, this would come to life. (laughs) Yes. It's cool. Make it a fucking golem. That's awesome. It's the golem, right? All you need, I think it's it's like blood and cum and a rabbi, and now you have a rock slave. That's pretty awesome. Then, probably going off the advice of the former Barnum employee, Hull added a small bit of flair and gave the solid Muldoon a tail. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting... You don't really think of giants with tails too often, but all right. <laughs> well, apparently Hull was like a big reader of Charles Darwin, so he was getting into the whole evolution thing at the time, so he was thinking like, ah, perhaps, like using some scientific sure. flammery, like perhaps the men in the olden times had evolved from a different beast which had a tail and was of giant stature and size. And with any luck, they could just pretend as if it's tucked its penis between its legs <laughs> and it's making itself a vagina in the front and giving itself I'm, a dick tail. I'm a pretty lady. You are a pretty lady. Oh my God, I come here, s- you giant Muldoon. <laughs> My wife has asked me to stop building giants because I keep falling desperately in love with them. <laughs> I actually, well, that's creative thinking, though. Yeah. 
It really is. Like, is but, that would that be cheating? Could do you think it would be cheating? A bit of a side note, but if someone fell in love with like their real sex doll, uh-huh. like, do you think that the, that that might break up a marriage? I guess. Could you fall in love with a statue? This is becoming a thing. This is we that it's, we should discover. We should like look into that because there's obviously people have relationships with objects. I mean, there, yeah. there's we covered. Remember the story we covered about the guy that uh, was posing with his real doll wife. That's right. That he was on side stories. We covered the story, but he was with his real doll wife, and he stayed to pregnancy where he did all these Facebook pictures of a baby coming out of her pussy and all this kind of stuff, and then she disappeared, and then Facebook. Flipped out about the disappearance of his real doll wife and created a where is Stephanie like looking for her like yeah. true crime style. You know, let's 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 dig up the location not, of this woman like Shelly Miskovich. Not to be too producer of Maury Povich here, but if you are or you know someone who has <laughs> left their husband or wife because of a real doll or statue, side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. Let us know. We've had Wait this conversation second. in our household. We, I am not allowed to have sex with a robot or a real doll of any What kind. about the fleshlight? The fleshlight's fine. Well, this is a thing. In my mind, mm. is it better to have something that has no body, right? Because that's I think that's where that's where Marcus is angling towards. Right. That has no no breasts and no butt and no legs, right? So you're not having sex with a full on fake woman. But if you just have a machine that sucks your dick, that's it, not cheating. It sounds like that's off the table for the Parks household. Yeah, because it's a sex robot. If the machine does, as long as I'm doing most of the work here, and as long as it doesn't have a face. Totally on board. Well, what is Car- right. Carolina? Is she Amish or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole thing about the solid Muldoon all came crashing down after a disgruntled insider blew the whistle on Hull. Oh. And Hull got out of the petrified giant business forever. Perhaps, but perhaps not so surprisingly, the success of the Cardiff Giant and of the Solid Muldoon inspired nearly a dozen more petrified giant discoveries. They're everywhere. Like the, <laughs> like the uh, I'm going to say the word hookers in the in the trunk of the movie dirty work. Where are all these dead oh hookers doing all these trucks? There's hookers in every one of these trunks. <laughs> Whoa! Look at I all these giants. Fucking... Who would have known? I love dirty work. That movie is so funny. Classic. And this is even after Hull publicly admitted that both of them were hoaxes. But a year after the solid Muldoon, a hotel owner at Lake Cuyahoga, back in New York, hmm. was able to pull the same scam until one of the guys who helped bury it let the secret slip while he was drunk at the bar one night. God. Gotta have your guys keep quiet, man. They have to keep quiet. I just don't understand how they don't realize the money is in the secret. You blow the secret, you just cost yourself your entire living. I wonder if there's just a way to like, I mean, you can't trust anybody. You don't know what anybody's going to do. But I mean, you know, ha. Ah, it's like you got to get is, information on them. There is a way, Henry. Three men can share a secret if two of them are dead. Yeah. Well, that's just one. That's just one man. And then you, that one guy go gets he gets hammered at the bar and tells everyone. Well, you just never tell anybody the secret. I really do believe that. I think that if you're the head of the scam, you hold the burden of being the only one with the full line of knowledge. And you keep everybody in your life at arm's length until the scam is over. You don't let yeah. any fucking person know. You have to have the strength to keep a lockdown on your own mind and hire each person separately. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just not in human nature. They want the reaction. They do. They, the, people need to feel as if 
they've pulled something over on someone. And you're well, only going to know that if you tell a few people. Yeah. Occult teachings show us how people are always thirsty for that which is behind the veil. The idea that there is, an, like the esoteric schools, they talk about how there is one layer of learning, which is taking information you get as face value. But then there's always deeper and deeper levels where you look at it and be like, well, how, what is it? How is it symbolically? How is it culturally? What does it mean to me astrologically? And if you want any greater example than that, put a bra on your male friend. And you tell me, you tell me you don't want to see his titties. Guarantee you that you will. Guarantee If it. you put my tits. I will look in, at them. I would want to see them. Yeah. Oh, weird, right? Yeah, yeah it's interesting. weird. No, I agree. Amazingly, the scam then had another resurgence back in Colorado. It's just Colorado and New York State trading off. I love it. It's like in a co- fucking COVID. Yep. In Colorado, a con man named Soapy Smith commissioned <laughs> yep. and buried a concrete giant that he nicknamed McGinty in a town <laughs> called Creed. Yeah, I've never seen a giant like my McGinty. McGinty's only four feet tall. <laughs> That's a pretty small They call me Soapy, which is funny. They call me Soapy, which is funny because I'm covered with dirt. <laughs> uh, Soapy, I mean, he was the guy in Creed when it came to cons. He had a yeah, whole army. Yeah, you need a giant? You need a giant? You want an eagle? I can get yeah. you an eagle two seconds. I could just, I, you know what I do is I just tape wings to a, a rat. <laughs> That's your eagle right there. Well, he had pretty much had a stranglehold over all the vice in town. Like, he controlled all the pickpockets, he controlled all the card games, all the numbers, and then figured, I'm going to get into the giant game here. Wow, he's like Shredder. But by the time the scientific community showed up to verify Soapy's claim, both he and McGinty had skipped town. And so literally skipped out of town. <laughs> I guess I just slipped through their fingers again. Old soapy can't, can't get a grip. It must have been weird traveling with all those banjo players. <laughs> <laughs> and Soapy, unfortunately, met his end six years later when he was gunned down in the streets of Skagway, Alaska. What? What did he do in Skagway, Alaska to get gunned down? Something he definitely deserved to get gunned down for. <laughs> I tell you what, I thought I was safe when I moved out of Horsville, but I guess I found my death in Skagway. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's out of Borderlands. <laughs> But Soapy was among the last to make a solid dollar from the Petrified Giant game. Oh. Where East Barnum had supposedly offered $20,000 for the solid Muldoon, Petrified Men were going for no more than 1000 bucks by the 1890s. Oh. Still a fucking good sum of money, but a large drop from 20000 from just a few years earlier. Market it's fell out. Saturated the yep. market. Too many giants. Mm-hmm. As far as the fate of the Cardiff Giant went, it ended up in a barn in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, and did make an appearance at a state fair in Buffalo in 1901. Okay. But gained little attention compared to the crowds the petrified giant had once drawn. Oh, but you know, I'm sure there was still amazement in the eyes of children. Yeah. Which is true. Because if I was a <laughs> I kid, mean, I would look at it and I'd be like, damn, that's a. Even if it is just rock, and I know it would be rock, I'd be like, it's a lot of rock. It's 10 feet tall. It's a 10 feet. That's a lot of rock. I'm interested in seeing it now. Yeah. I wanted I want to see it more because of the story. Absolutely. Dude, next time you come to New York, you can see it. Okay. Ooh. Where is it? Well, a newspaper publisher in Des Moines owned the giant throughout most of the first half of the 20th century. 
but it eventually made its way back to New York State when it was bought in 1947 by the Farmers Museum in Cooperstown, where Mm. you can still go see it in the main barn to this day. Dude, I didn't know that there was a farmer's museum. I am going. Yeah, dude. That's cool. They got cows and shit. That's a fun idea, man. That is a really, really fun idea. I feel like we should go up there, man. When next time I'm in town, we should go up to Coopersville. Isn't that also where the baseball shit is? Yeah. That's where the Hall of Fame is. That's Cooperstown. No, Cooperstown. It's Cooperstown, right? Where's the baseball Hall of Fame? Cooperstown. They're both in Cooperstown. You got the baseball Hall of Fame? Where's the the one in Columbus? Cleveland has the uh, Rock and Roll Roll Hall of Fame. The Basketball Hall of Fame is uh, in Massachusetts. It's upstate. Ah. Huh. Yeah. All right. I think it's okay. Amazing. You want to take the four train? That's going to take you right oh, down yeah, to Bowling yeah, yeah. Green. You're going to want to take the 185 up, and you're going to want to go up to take the Metro up to Westchester. <laughs> yup, yup. And, and if, in case you're wondering, uh, the sugaring off Sunday's pancake breakfast, usually held at the Farmers uh-huh. Museum, canceled until further notice. But they promised to return. They better return. It's fucking yeah. better. I want that pancake breakfast. Yes. Oh, because you know they have sausages too. Oh. It's not just pancakes. They get you in the door with the pancakes, but they get you out the door when you got the sausage shits. <laughs> We've already <laughs> talked about my obsession with pancakes, and I just wait. I got to start making some good old fashioned big fluffy pancakes in my Flapjacks, home. We've baby. been eating a lot of protein pancakes because those are the ones Natalie eats because she's trying to stay tram. Henry, were you the one that got pissed off when you found out what when you finally figured out why they're called pancakes? No. Was that you, Ben? Well, no. Uh, I would assume they're <laughs> called pancakes because they're cooked on a pan. Yes. And they're kind yeah. of cakey. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, didn't that, that, that doesn't out. make me. I, that's exactly what I expected. When I hear the team pancake, when I get a pancake, that's what I expect. Yeah. Now, you tell me, you tell me waffle. You give me the waffle word. I couldn't tell you why the fuck they call that goddamn thing a waffle. I'd call it yeah. a fucking bunch of goddamn carb holes. <laughs> I love my carb holes. But, I, you know, the first thing is being like, oh, you're going to give me waffle. What, are you going to give me some kind of Democrat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you got a good... Man, I love that. That's a good flip-flop joke. <laughs> Flim-flam. Swift boating. Ah. <laughs> it's 2004. That is a 16-year-old reference. And we are speaking to an audience right now. Some of which are under the age of 48. <laughs> John Kerry, the only man I've ever believed in. I said, you know, he's the only one. He's the, he, uh, if only he could save us right now. Oh, that oh, long faced yeah. fucking, oh, God, Boy, what an ugly piece of shit. Did that horse man get me excited in 2004? I feel oh, the same wow. excitement now. <laughs> wow, I really do. What an excitement. I am trembling to go to the polls. Oh. Trembling, and that's the that's the story of the Cardiff oh, Giant and awesome. of the Cardiff Giant and all the the giant hoaxes that came afterwards. So, what did we learn? Number one, you can never trust PT Barnum. He's going to undercut you if he gives you a million bucks. Take the goddamn money. Never always trust take PT Barnum. Just take the money. Just take the money. PT Barnum's trying to get in your business and so let him have your business. We know we now know this, but it's too late now. If a person that you're speaking with that you want to keep a secret even looks at alcohol, that person cannot keep a secret. No, definitely no. not. And no, I, anybody anybody named. After a person who's gotten an amputee shit done to you. Yep. You can't be called Stubbs. No. No. And be trusted not. with a fucking secret. I think the most important lesson here is that spite is the best motivator in the universe. That's entirely possible. Very true. I miss <laughs> this time. I miss this time, though, in where this time period where the imagination 
really was going wild in America. Yeah. You know, there were like people were entered. The only reason this worked is that people were right there thinking giants might be real. Yep. And all they needed was just a rock monster to prove it. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's our imagination is going wild, but it's getting people outside of cell phone tower. It's getting people outside of cell phone tower shot because they think the five G bullshit's giving us all super flu. Yeah, so that's where the imagination is going. Where I'd much rather it go back into building giant fake giants. I agree. Let's stage some Mothman sightings. Let's stage some giant pterosaur sightings. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yep. These are the type of things that gets the creative juices of our country going and, you know, inspires people to look to the sky. You know what I'm going <laughs> to say right now? Put chicken feathers on a pig. You got a chicken pig. <laughs> now, if you tell me, if you tell me oh, behind this curtain is a chicken pig, $5, $5, chicken pig. What? You have $15 coming, my friend, because I'm going <laughs> three fucking a, times. What a sweet and simple world we'd be in if Kissel was our creator god. Yep. It would Chicken just be pig. women would have beer in their breasts and in their uteruses. Uh, men would have beer in their cocks. I don't know. I don't know if I would want a, a baby marinating in beer while in the womb. It might not create oh, man. the greatest. Nick Nolte's doing great. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, there it is, the giant, the Cardiff giant, uh, a good extension from our giant humanoid series. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Parks, of course. for bringing that story to all of our attention, and it gives us all hope. If you're a small business person out there and you have no idea what you want to do, make something up, people will pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. that's what we did. That's what we Howard, did. That's what just happens. But so guys, go out there, and speaking of that. Check out lastpodcastlive.com. Check out yes. our live show. It's, it is. It's a fun romp. I God, I miss performing live. Can't oh, no. fucking wait to do it again. Oh, yeah. You guys have been sending all these pictures of Kissel yes. and us performing on stage. It's been so nice to see them again. I just I miss it so bad. But check out lastpodcastlive.com. Check out lastpodcastmerch.com. We got yes. all new merch. We're, we're fielding your requests. Have you got any ideas for more merch? We're trying to get more grinders in there. Heard that already. Yep. Uh, check it out. 6.66% of all proceeds goes to one fair wage. We're just given our first low. I think we just gave them 15K. I think we're going to be, we're still doing it. So yep, just absolutely. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Absolutely. Keep on supporting all the shows here, too. We got No Dogs in Space for yeah. all your music inquiries. Yep. A- Misfits coming next week. Very cool. Abling its top at politics, page seven entertainment, kind of fun wrestling, nerdy stuff, Whizbrew. We can, we're filling out the whole Trivial Pursuit pie here, and hopefully we have a, some kind of football show coming up in the very near future. Let's hope so. Um, if you're, as a matter of fact, if, you, if you're a former football player and you're listening to this right now, I know we have a huge former football player contingency, <laughs> mostly because of the CTE. They think we're very funny. Yes. Um, hey, hit me up. Hit me up. I'm looking for a host. Looking yeah. for a co-host. Yeah, if, you got, if we got any XFL players out there. Oh, I love XFL. I love I XFL. Love. It was so much fun to watch it for that brief period. Speaking of flim flam men, Vince McMahon is the uh, P.T. Barnum of our time. Yeah, he really is. Uh, I would put him in there. Yes. He's but, a, yeah, but he really delivers a product, though. Yes, he does. They have giants as well. And they're <laughs> real live giants. I mean, they can barely move and they, they die young, <laughs> but they are giants. Yeah. P.T. Barnum, he produced products. What? Mirth. Mirth? Mirth. Isn't mirth that and f- merriment. Is, but is mirth. <laughs> is anything more valuable than a smile? Yeah. Money. <laughs> Just everything. Right. Gold, silver. You're I would correct. say even breakfast cereal. Yeah. Anything that gives you anything else. <laughs> I've been proved wrong. 
I've been proved wrong soundly. <laughs> All oh. right, everyone. And oh. also, don't forget to, uh, yeah, if you haven't got the last book on the left. Yes. Yet, yeah, you can go, go to IndieBound uh, and order it. And a lot of a lot of local bookstores are doing a curbside pickup right now, so uh, be sure to support uh, your local bookstores. And thank you, everyone, so much for the support. We're, we've done a, a full fucking month now on the New York Times bestseller list. So they thank you don't- guys so much for supporting us throughout. It, it's very, it's overwhelming. It means a lot for you guys to support us like this. They do not want us there. And it's just <laughs> no. really awesome to be there. Glenn, we beat Glenn Beck. He stopped buying his own books. Yep. Yep. So we have beat him. He fell off after three weeks of bulk buying. <laughs> a, a whole fucking tree is now sitting in Glenn Beck's fucking garage. You can also buy his jeans for $200. God, so you can there's have a nothing I want to like be. Him. There's nothing I want to be is closer than to Glenn Beck's ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope everyone is doing all right out there. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail game. Let's do a Magustalations. Yeah, okay. You can do one of those. Yeah, you can do Mail Magustalations, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What? I mean, yeah, sure. We have I, no reason to not. What if we just I go know, bury I know. me? I mean, we might as well while we can, right? <laughs> we should go bury me, tell people there's a buried giant, but I'll have a little breathing hole like Moses did with the reed, Ooh. and then I'll kill them. <laughs> this is, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. This just cool. sound like your sexual fantasies, but I'll, I'll be a part of it. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.